Welcome to the teaching ministry of Paseo del Rey Church in Chula Vista, California. We invite you to open up your Bibles as we join Pastor Gary Bowman for today's message. That one certainly is. Hey, grab your Bibles and open to uh, the book of Psalms, Psalm 126. And uh, hey, we want to, we're just so grateful as Matt and Marilee are on vacation. So if you happen to see them around San Diego or Chula Vista, just pretend you don't see them because they're on vacation. And we're so glad to have the barely adequate band with us, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> and that is, uh, that is their affectionate nickname. Uh, that means they are like way, 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 way more than adequate, right? But uh, that name has kind of gotten stuck on them, and it's a fun name, and it's a loving name, and we're glad to have them lead us in worship together today. So Psalm 126 is, I think, my favorite psalm in the whole Bible, and uh, it's been a, a, a theme of my life, and it's been a theme in many of your lives, and Psalm 126 is so wonderful for all of us as individuals and as families and as a church uh, because it talks about how God's faithfulness to us in the past is the assurance of joy in the future. You see, the reason you know that you can face tomorrow, whatever, whatever tomorrow holds for you, the reason you know you can face that is because of God's faithfulness to us in the past. And that's what Psalm 120, 20, uh, 26 is all about. And so let's open up uh, to that, and we're going to read it together. Um, we're going to read it kind of responsively. Let's put it up here. Here's the first three verses. And I, I know it's a little bit smaller than normal, but I hope you can see where the periods are. So this side is going to read the first full sentence, and then the second uh, full sentence, the other, um, uh, other um, half of the worship center, and we'll kind of read it back and forth to each other. So let's stand up together as we read God's Word together, and let's read it with real gusto, okay? Um, let's read it like Paseo Del Rey reads God's Word. So this side's going to begin. If you get goofed up, don't worry about it, okay? Let's go. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed— our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. And then all of us. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. Now this side. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow. All of us will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. Jesus, thank you for your word and how we can bank our lives on it. That it's not um, wishful thinking. It's not um, uh, unreliable. But God, it is truthful and true and we can live our lives, our church's life, our personal lives, our family's lives, based on the truth of your scripture. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Have a seat. That's good stuff, right? 
And it's so good to read it to one another. Paul tells us to do that in the book of Ephesians. So with your Bible open now, the centerpiece, the pivot point of this psalm is verse 3. We'll put that up on the screen. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. You you see it there in your passage. This is the central or pivot piece in the psalm because pretty much everything before this in the psalm is in the past. It's in the past tense. And pretty much everything after verse 3 forward is in the future tense. So the psalm writer has just really made it simple for us is The Lord has done great things for us. That's the summary of the past. And we are people who are, we are one joyful people as a result of all that the Lord has done for us. And then in the future, the Lord will continue to bring us joy based on the faithfulness of God in the past because he never stops being faithful. He never stops. So so in, in in verse three, the Lord has done great things for us. What are some of the things that God has done for us? When the psalm writer writes this, what is he thinking about? And I think he's thinking about the Israelites in Egypt, for instance. Because on almost every page of the Bible, we discover the great things God has done for us, right? And I think the psalm writer, when he writes this, he says, the Lord has done great things for us. He's, he's, he's cataloging his brain back through the, the pages of, the, of his Bible. And he's thinking back to when Israel was, were slaves in Egypt and they were making bricks without straw, right? One, one day they're suffering and, and they're enslaved. And the next day, they are crossing the, 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 the sea that has been dried up by God, and they're running up the far bank of the river of the sea. And they look back down, and, the, and, and, and Miriam, Moses' sister, she takes a tambourine, and she writes a new praise song. She says, sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted, both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. As she watches, and all of Israel watches, coming from making bricks without straw, now to God overturning the mighty Egyptian army in just an instant, in just a flash. These are some of the great things God has done for us, right? That's worth celebrating and having joy over. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Or imagine the psalm writer, later generations, probably thought about Esther, that incredible and scary story of Esther and how Haman, um, the enemy of the Jewish people, is about to annihilate every single Jewish person on the planet. Keeps happening, doesn't it, all through our history. And he wants to, Haman is this agent of the devil himself, and he wants to, um, he wants to annihilate every single Jew so that the Messiah will not come. And we wouldn't be here today if Haman had been successful. And imagine the angst and the anxiety and the worry and the tears that Esther and her fellow Jews had. And then the next day, Haman is hanging on a gallows from a rope 125 feet up in the air. The Lord has done great things for us. Or perhaps the writer of the psalm or others thought of other pages in the Bible when Uh, the the, the good-for-nothing Babylonians rolled into their town and brought fire and pillage and rape of the women of that town, burnt down the temple of God. And then as the Babylonians 
forced the, many of the Israelites on a 600-mile hike across the desert back to Babylon. And oh, oh, what was their hope? What was their future? And then, as Isaiah tells us, this promise, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, and you are mine. And when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. How, that, that's, our new, that's our story, isn't it? Because every single one of us have been at places like the, like the Israelites had been and like Esther had been and, and like those that were taken captive in different ways, in different shapes. But we've wondered, Lord, where are you? Lord, what's next? Lord, how will you lead us into the future? And the amazing thing is, 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 is um, the, the psalm writer in Psalm 126, he says, listen, when the Lord turned around the fortunes of Zion. They were, we were headed straight downhill. And when the Lord turned, that's what the word means. When the Lord turned or restored the fortunes of Zion, of Israel, we were like those who dreamed and our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with songs of joy. And as the non-believers, the nations who don't know God heard the, this worship of God for the great things he had done. Look, look what it says. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great for th things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. And that's our story. And, you know, that's the story of Paseo del Rey. The Lord has done great things for us. As a church and as individuals and as families, Oh, oh there, there have been times in the life of Paseo del Rey where it was scary and dark, and there's been those times in your life, and maybe you're in those times even now, but all of us have a history with joy, and it's all related to the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. And th th that's where we get hope from. That's where we get hope from for the future as we move into the future. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy, you and me and us. I think back to the fall of 1973. Any of you who are um, under 45, don't think back. <laughs> I think that's about right if my math is not right. Um, I had no idea what was happening in Chula Vista in the fall of 1973. I was busy out at San Diego State and having a, a fun time driving my MGB convertible around campus, uh, studying occasionally. Uh, you know how college life is, involved in a great youth group and ministry, and I was youth pastor at a church right here in Paradise uh, Hills, but I didn't know what was going on in Chula Vista. But in the fall of 1973, here in Chula Vista, two families, Bob and Judy Barrick, and many of you have heard their names before, they live in Fallbrook, and Gordon and Jerry Grant, who are living in heaven now, um, decided to begin to pray about starting a church here in Chula Vista. And so they, they prayed, and um, they began to meet in the barracks' home over on Via Trieste. Um, uh, that's where this church was born. This is the um, uh, prenatal unit. This is the birthing place, uh, Paseo del Rey Church. It was messy, just like all births were, right? And, and, uh, and they invited uh, our dist the district superintendent of the Evangelical Free Church. His name was Wally Norling. They invited Wally down, and he began to lead a Bible study in this home 
for, for a period of months. The first week they had 10 people at the Bible study. The second week they had 20 people at the Bible study. The third week they had four people at the Bible study. And that's just life. And I don't, don't quote me on those numbers. And who was in that? Is anybody here that was in that Bible study at Bob and Judy Barrick's house? Virginia and Paul Shangi. Anybody else? Who's over here? Oh, Joe Fazek. Yes, she was. Carol, were you, you here? You weren't born yet. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Never. My mistake, Carol. Not yet, huh? Not yet. So we, three people were in that Bible study. They knew what was going on. And this Bible study started in Wally, taught them well. And then about a year later, this, uh, this little Bible study be, began meeting on Sunday afternoons. Became a, wanted to become a church. They began meeting at the Salvation Army on 3rd Avenue on Sunday afternoons at 4 o'clock. And the, I'm, 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 I'm told the reason they met at 4 o'clock in the afternoon was, well, the morning was busy at Salvation Army. But the reason they waited till four was back in that day, the Charger game started at noon, so you knew they were over by four. And I think Bob Barrick had something to do with that, probably. And then they moved over to First Christian Church because they got kicked out of Salvation Army. And then they got kicked out of First... This is a rowdy group. Uh, they were in First Christian Church on Second Avenue, Eric? Second Avenue, I think it is, over there in Chula Vista. And then in the summer of 75, they called their first pastor, a really neat guy by the name of Ron Apgar. And then they moved into the Chula Vista Women's Club, uh, 357 G Street. Uh, there it is. And that would be their home for the next 10 years. And that was an adventure. You had to be, to be at church, you had to really want to be at church. You couldn't just go, just kind of show up. Sunday school classes were in closets. They were around a huge table in the kitchen. They were on a stage. Uh, it, it was crazy. They, the, the Chula Vista Women's Club had a sound system that was about 400 years old. It was a speaker hung up on the... They had rafters like this. The reason we have open rafters is we like that style. If you've ever been in the Chula Vista Women's Club, it's a historical building. And they had one speaker up on the, hung up on the wall, and then it was wired to a tube amplifier up on the stage. And it worked sometimes. And I, I kept, I kept, you know, elders and pastors, elders and uh, pastors and their boards, you know, sometimes they disagree. Not very often, but sometimes they do. And I said, we need to get our own PA system. We'll bring it in like we bring everything else in. We'll set it up. Oh, no, 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 no. We don't need a PA system. We're just fine. We don't need a PA system. We just use the one at the women's club. We had a guest speaker in, one of the elders had invited in. And while he was speaking, suddenly the sound system began to go. I ran up to the stage, jumped up on the stage, pulled the, the cord, the electrical cord, to make it stop. The next Wednesday night, this guy had a brilliant idea. Let's buy a sound system for the church. And Jen's father, Jennifer's father, uh, ran that sound system. He carried it in a Samsonite uh, suitcase for years. You, and Jen grew up in this church as well, and she helped her dad set that up every Sunday morning. It was heaven on earth. One microphone. It was pretty awesome. And no channels. So, um, um, so during these days, um, there was a young... Uh, the Lord's done great things for us, hasn't he? During these days, uh, people were coming to faith in Christ. We had a small little youth group. There was a small little youth group. There was missions. 
Some, some of our missionaries we have today were missionaries back in that day. And, and there was a student and his wife attending Trinity Evangelical Divinity School who were from San Diego. And in God's providence, they got connected to the church and came out and visited the church. And on, in July of 1979, this new couple began to be the pastor of Paseo del Rey Church. Uh, he was all of 26, and she was 22. And, and people said, isn't that kind of young for a pastor's wife? We didn't think so. We just thought that's who we were. And Paseo, we came with great joy, April and I did, and with no kids. And what an incredible, neat ministry God gave us those, in those early years. The Lord has done great things for us. And I want to tell you about that small group of people who were meeting in that women's club. Is they thought of you. They paid all the bills of the church, and then they took money that they could have spent on themselves to the tune of $200,000 and began to put it into a building fund, a land fund, really, because we wanted to buy land and we wanted to build. And so that little group of, this little group of people accumulated um, $200,000 in several years of savings because they were thinking about you. They knew we wanted, uh, we wanted our own church building and what that could mean for us in ministry. And so one day, Gordon Grant, one of our founders, and he was also the treasurer of Chula Vista, he was in a, in a meeting in which there, there was a presentation about a brand new, huge um, housing development that was going out on the east side of Chula Vista. And as Gordon looked at the plans... This shows you God's providence. As Gordon's looking at his plans, he looks all over this and he says, I don't see any church sites here. And, and, and the people that were presenting it said, oh yeah, there's a church site right here at this location. And Gordon says, well, I happen to know a church that might be interested in that. And so we were put in contact with the, with the company that owned all of this development. It was called the Gersten Company. And that's an incredible story in of itself. Um, Mr. Gersten Sr., who had run the company for years, uh, had, had passed away. He had a bunch of, of, of uh, uh, wise people, vice presidents around him, but his, younger, but his son took the business over. And his son was new at the business, but he owned the business. And so even though some of the wise people sometimes disagreed with him, the young Mr. Gersten made all of the calls. And so we met with him and it told them we were interested in this, um, uh, this piece of property, and they told us the price, and it was $340,000. Now, this is 1982, 1983, um, $340,000. So that meant we were only $140,000 short. And then we had this question when we shared it with the congregation, and people said, where is this piece of property? Remember, we're over at the Chula Vista Women's Club by Fuddruckers, all of you know Fuddruckers. Uh, and we, they said, where is this piece of property? Well, it's landlocked. Someone said, do you need a passport to get there? Because <laughs> you need to remember in 1983 or 1984, H Street headed east stopped at 805. There was no Paseo del Rey. This was a canyon. There was no, I know most of you can't believe this. There was no Costco. It hadn't even been thought of yet. There was no Home Depot. There was no Home Depot anywhere in the world, I don't think, in 1983. There wasn't one here, I know that, because that street didn't exist. And so we thought, oh, Lord, 
could you give us a piece of property in an inhabited place of the world, you know, because this is just like crazy, and we're only $140,000 short. Psalm 126, verse 3, the Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Now, look how the, how the psalm pivots. In the past, the Lord has been faithful to us. Look at verse 5, 4, Lord, in the future, it's future tense, Lord, our prayer is restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. The Negev's the desert, and it's mostly dry. But occasionally, a rain will come, and it will pour down through the desert, and suddenly, the desert will come alive with blossoms because there's seeds that have been just under the surface. And so the psalmist prays, Lord, our lives are like a desert right now. We're going to see in a minute, we, we're weeping right now. Lord, restore our fortunes. As you've been faithful to us in the past, fill us with new joy. And so we prayed and asked the Lord, Lord, what do you want to do? What do you want for our lives? So we were only $140,000 short. So we did what all good, faithful people of Jesus Christ would do. We offered to pay them cash. And I remember I didn't offer, but one of our elders offered to pay cash. And I gulped. Uh, uh, no, no, we can't pay. We don't have cash. We don't have 140000 And it was at this moment that the inexperience of the owner, the young Mr. Gersten in that day, I'm sure he's much wiser now, came into play. He says, he says well, we need to do something for you then if you're going to give us cash. I'm thinking, oh boy, here we go. He says, what if we give you a 10% discount? And all of his senior advisors said, can we have the room? And we went out and we came back in and the young man said, yes, that's what we're going to do. We're going to give you a 10% discount. But it's a one-month escrow. And we walked out of the meeting and I said to our, a couple of our elders, I said, guys, how are we going to come up with 100? We're only $106,000 short now because of the 10% discount. How are we going to come up with $106,000 in a month? Lord, you've been faithful in the past. You've filled us with drugs. We don't know what you're going to do. But Lord, we ask you to, do, to fill us with joy, to restore our fortunes. One month escrow, 30 days. And so our faithful God got the Gersten Company busy building houses. One month came, escrow's not closed. Two months came, escrow didn't close. Three months came, escrow didn't close. In the meantime, in 1983, we had $200,000 invested in an account that was paying. You're not going to believe this if you're under 45 years old. 19% interest. You remember those days? Yeah, yeah. Remember trying to buy a house in those days? <laughs> it was like crazy. So one month, 19% interest on 200000 Two months, escrow doesn't close. Three months, escrow doesn't close. We're not like calling them, asking them when they're going to close escrow or anything, right? We're just waiting four months, five months, six months, seven months, eight months, nine months, 10 months, 11 months. A year later, they said, hey, we want to close escrow at the end of the month. That was exactly our thought. And through the interest and through the, what God raised among our people, we were able uh, to uh, pay cash for this property on May 18th, 1984. Isn't God good? Yeah. And, and, and here's what it looked like. Here's what it looked like. <laughs> yeah. Did you see Home Depot? 
You see Rubio's? Yeah, there it is. We just had a tent because we were going to have a groundbreaking, and indeed we had a groundbreaking. Here's a, here's a couple of you. You might know the fellow uh, in the white shirt. Oh, go, go back for a second. Go back for a second. Uh, Doug Whitmore? Yeah. And uh, the next picture here, here's our groundbreaking. Uh, so here's our elders uh, at the point. A um, couple of them are, one, two, three of them are in heaven. Morris Fennell, uh, two. That's me in the middle, by the way. <laughs> I know it's hard to believe. But, uh, and, then, uh, and then here's your, here's your pastor and his wife. Don't you love those gla- the glasses? Yeah. Woo-hoo. Yeah, April worked really hard to get the hair to stick up quite that far, but that's the deal. That's the deal. The Lord has done great things for us, hasn't he? The Lord has done great. He's been so faithful to us and to each of you. And you've got stories, and all of us have stories of how God's restored a relationship or God's brought healing into your life or saved. You've been rescued by Jesus and saved by him and how he's worked when you didn't think there was any other way out. And I want to show you um, some, of the, some of the building now. Here's, here's some of the building of our site. So this, this is the back wall here. I got to drive that tractor. It was kind of one of the highlights of my life. And uh, the houses had just gone in. Remember, this is a year later after that first picture was taken. So those houses that are right over here went in. Okay. So here's some more of the great days of construction, 1983, 1984. Oh, no, excuse me, 1985, 1986-ish, something like that. Here's what it looks like from the inside without a roof. And the roof going on. And we're getting closer. And then on Easter Sunday, 1987, we had our first worship service inside. Here's here's our crew coming in for church. And here's what it looked like on the, well, I guess we're just going to open the door there to come on in. Yeah, and here we are inside uh, our worship center, and let's see what else we've got here. Yeah, there we go. I think, is that it on that? Oh, no. yeah, and just take a look. Just take a look at some of the life of the church over these years. Just keep rolling on these. Just, just some pictures from over the years. Brian Felber. <laughs> Well, the Lord has been good to us, hasn't he? Amen. He has done... He has done great things for us. And I am so eager for the new things God's going to do for Paseo del Rey. And you are too. And this... The reason we expect more joy... And all that that means. The reason we expect that is because God has been faithful in the past, right? 
That's what the psalm is teaching us. Lord, because you have done this in days past, Lord, re- restore our fortunes. Lord, Lord, bring more fruit. Look at verse 4 and 5. Uh, verse 5, those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. And sometimes it's hard and it's scary. And we even have tears about going into the future. I do. To be joyful does not exclude having tears. And sometimes we're anxious. And you may be anxious about something in your own life, about what your future is going to look like. And there may be tears. Throw those seeds out. Sometimes we have to wait a long time for those seeds to take blossom. Sometimes those seeds don't take blossom and bear fruit till heaven. But God is faithful and he will bring about his fruit in your life and my life. And that's what he's going to do in this, the, life, the future life of this church. So I just want to, I want to say, how will it be? Because we know how faithful God has been to us to July 29th, 2018. We could tell more and more and more stories. But we know how, and our hearts have been filled with laughter and our tongues with songs of joy. And we've announced the Lord has done great things for us. But how is it going to be after July 29th, 2018 here at Paseo del Rey? And I want to say to you, I think it's going to be better than ever. Because God has been so faithful in the past that he's going to fill us with new joy in the future. And I want to, I want to, I want to give you this word, how it will be in the future will depend on how you, I'm going to stop saying in me, how you respond to the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Your future does not depend on pastor next. By the way, last Sunday, I kept using that as his name, and someone said, I'm going to be really disappointed if his name, last name is not next. And I just said, I, I don't know. I know that I'm, my name is not next, uh, but I'm not sure what his name is going to be. But your future is dependent not upon pastor next, Now, you know I am praying and you are praying that God brings us that right shepherd to lead us and to feed us and feed you and to to care for you and to nurture you. But Jesus himself could come and pastor this church. And unless in the power of the Holy Spirit you respond to him, he will not be able to do what he wants to do. It's up to you. It is not up to pastor next. Now pray that God brings us the right guy. But my prayer for you is that you will keep, what Paul says in in the book of Galatians, that you will keep in step with the Spirit. And and, and I don't want to ever hear about any of you going, uh, any of you standing back with your arms crossed with each other and go, well, how is pastor next doing? That's not the question. The question is, How am I doing? How am I responding to the Spirit's nudging and leading? Am I keeping step with the Holy Spirit? That's what will bring this fruitfulness and this joy. Every single last one of you. I'm out of the picture. I'm not going to say, and me. 
I'm going to be doing that at another church. I'm going to be sitting where you sit. I'm going to have that privilege of being a parishioner in another church. And I, my prayer for April and me is that we will keep in step with the Spirit and not sit around, well, what do you think of Pastor Bill, Joe, Mike, Sally, Harry, I, whoever the person is, that you would not do that. And, and Paul tells us in the book of Ephesians, um, chapter 4, verse 16, from him, from Jesus, the whole body, the whole church body he's talking about here, joined together and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love. And I'm just going to add, it's not in the text, I know it, but grows and builds itself up in love and joy as each part does its work. It's on you. The future joyfulness of Paseo del Rey Church is dependent upon how you respond to the Holy Spirit's working in your life. And I'm praying that for you. I'm praying that really hard for each and every one of you. That when I come back for a wedding or come back for um, uh, a get-together or perhaps April and I in a year or so come back and rejoin in the fellowship, that I'm just going to find what I've found for the last 39 years is men and women and young people and old people and people in, in the middle who are filled with joy because they're being dependent upon the Holy Spirit and they're responding to the Holy Spirit's prompting and leading in their lives. The church grows, the whole body grows and builds itself up in love and joy, I want to add, as each part does its work. You want to have joy? You want to have, we've had joy for the last 39 years. You want to have joy for the next 39 years? Then listen to the Holy Spirit as he speaks to you and as he prompts you and live in obedience to him and use the gifts that he's given every single one of you as a believer. Every single one of you as a believer. Use those gifts, not on yourself, but to build up the body of Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to pray that for you. Jesus, would you, in every single one of these people's lives here today, every single one of these who knows you, who says you are, you are their Lord and their Savior, Jesus, would you cause them, drive them to respond to your Holy Spirit to what Jesus has done in their place on the cross. And may they keep in step with your spirit. I pray against a spirit of grumbling. I pray against a spirit of, of complaining. I pray against any spirit of laziness or of apathy or I'm going to wait and see. And I pray that Jesus, you would fill this church with a sense of God, as you have worked in our past to restore our fortunes, that you're going to work that way in our individual lives and in our church lives, that we might once again, and we would continue to be filled with joy that only comes from you. Jesus, I'm excited. And I pray that our congregation will be excited about what you have next. 
And that God, as you continue to work in our search team and our elders, and then as that pastoral candidate is presented to the congregation and they get to meet him and to interact with him and to hear him open the word and get to know him, that Lord, they will see him as simply a wonderful vessel from you. And may they listen as we talked last week. May they obey him and submit, not blindly, of course, but in the way that the vision that you're going to give him to lead Paseo del Rey future, that, Lord, there would continue and there would be an increase in the joy in this fellowship so that the gospel would go out to our Chula Vista community and across the border and across the sea and that people, because of this church, there would be more and more people among every nation and every tongue and every tribe because of this church who would come to know you and would worship you forever and forever. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.